Hello, everyone. This is Rachel, and welcome to another Hasty History episode. Bonus episodes that we are calling No Nonsense, Crash Course, Cram Session History Lessons. So, no cocktail segment, no ads, no bloopers. This is just a quick download of some heavy history content. If you enjoy longer podcast episodes with lots of back and forth conversation, as well as delicious cocktail recipes, we recommend checking out our regular hashtag history episodes, which drop weekly on our regular feed. But as for now, let's get to this week's topic. We are discussing today something that is super, super relevant right now because, um... Hamilton. We all know and love Hamilton the musical. I was super fortunate to get to see it when they toured San Francisco, California a few years ago. And then I have, of course, watched it half a dozen times in the one week that it has been available on Disney+. Hamilton is insanely relevant right now because of its accessibility. People across the globe are tuning in to see this brilliant award-winning musical. Hamilton has won numerous awards, including Best Musical, Best Original Score, Best Choreography, and so much more. While Disney has not yet released the number of viewers the musical has had just yet, we do know that the Disney Plus app saw a 72.4% increase in downloads in just the first weekend that Hamilton was streaming. I mean, that's incredible. But I am now going to tell you all something about the Hamilton musical that you might need to brace yourself for. Take a seat. Take a breath. Approach this with an open mind. Okay, you ready? Hamilton the musical is not exactly an accurate historical depiction. I know, I know, you already know that. I'm just kidding. It has been really fun for me as a major history nerd to dive deeper into the true story behind all of the characters that are introduced in the musical. And I really encourage you all to do the same so that you can learn who these people really were, their accomplishments and their shortcomings, and the differences that they made in founding America. One such character is Theodosia Burr Alston. Here's the part where all the musical fans start singing. Dear Theodosia, what to say to you? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sorry about that. I highly recommend you stick to just hearing Leslie Odom Jr. sing it. But we all know the song. We all know the character. Theodosia was born on June 21st, 1783 in Albany, New York. We know from the musical that Theodosia was the daughter of super controversial, eventual Vice President Aaron Burr and Theodosia Prevu Burr. We also know from the musical that the relationship between Aaron Burr and his to-be wife began while she was still married to a British officer. Theodosia Sr., as I'm calling her, was a patriot herself and regularly opened up her home while her husband was away fighting for the British Army to other patriots, which included up-and-coming Aaron Burr. Although Theodosia was a good 10 years older than Burr and had had five children with her husband, she and Burr struck up a romance. They were rarely teased about it and within a few years chose to be open about their love for one another. It's also right around this time that Theodosia learned that her husband had died of yellow fever. She and Burr would marry the following year and give birth to Theodosia Jr. the year after. If you've seen or heard the musical, you know everything that I've already said already. But did you know 
that Theodosia Jr., the daughter that Burr pours his heart out to in song, praising her out of total and complete adoration, would end up getting lost at sea, never to be seen again. Although not largely known today, in Theodosia's lifetime, her disappearance would become one of the biggest scandals and mysteries to exist complete with numerous theories. Let's start with Theodosia's upbringing. Burr gave her the best education, one that was typically reserved for a wealthy young male at the time. But Burr essentially hand-selected her education, ensuring that she studied French, Latin, Greek, English, math, music, and dancing. In a time when the literacy rate for a woman was less than 35%, Theodosia could read and write by the age of three. Tragically, her mother passed away when she was only 11 years old. In the absence of her mother, Theodosia's studies evolved and shifted into social and hosting skills. In 1801, when she was 18, she married Joseph Alston, who would eventually become the 44th governor of South Carolina. They were also reportedly the first couple to ever honeymoon at Niagara Falls, so there's a fun fact. The next few years would see a wave of scandals revolving around her father. Aaron Burr would become vice president to third United States President Thomas Jefferson. At this time, when the nation was still really, really new, the vice presidency went to the runner-up in the presidential election. The president did not select their own VP. You can imagine the kind of issues this created. So much so that this here would be the last election in which this would be the case. Jefferson never fully trusted Burr. In fact, Burr was essentially shut out from all important matters and had little say in anything during his term. It was also shortly after this, in 1804, that the infamous Burr-Hamilton duel would take place. In response to what had been a decade-plus-long feud between the two men, Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton squared off in a duel on July 11, 1804, that would result in Hamilton's death. Burr would end up being charged with murder, but this charge would be dropped and he would complete his term as vice president. Yes, you heard that correctly. A man charged with murder served out the remainder of his term as vice president. Burr's troubles were only just beginning. Only a few years later, Burr would be on trial and charged with treason. To keep a very complicated and very interesting story short, here's the gist of it. Following his vice presidency, Burr would use many of his connections to essentially establish his own independent country in the Southwest United States. Or at least he tried to. In February of 1807, he would be arrested on the order of President Thomas Jefferson and indicted for treason. He would later be acquitted, but this hardly mattered. His reputation was tarnished and he fled to Europe. Theodosia, who had stood beside her father throughout his whole trial, continued to support him from overseas. She would act as somewhat of a liaison for her father, sending him money and doing what she could to restore his reputation and make for a smoother return when he did come back to the States. While all of this is going on, Theodosia was dealing with her own personal struggles. Theodosia had birthed a son in 1802, whom she had named Aaron Burr Alston. Childbirth was difficult. She suffered a uterine prolapse and would continue to experience pain from this for the rest of her life. And then, on June 30th, 1812, her son died at the age of 10 from malaria. And from this, Theodosia would never, ever recover. She wrote of her son's passing, There is no more joy for me. The world is blank. 
I have lost my boy. By this point, her father, Burr, had returned to the States and Theodosia wanted to be with him as she grieved the loss of her son. Her husband had just become the governor of South Carolina though, so he could not accompany her on her travel to New York to visit her father. In light of this, Burr arranged for a friend, Dr. Timothy Green, to accompany Theodosia on her trip. On December 31st, 1812, Theodosia boarded the Patriot, a small, privately owned ship leaving from Georgetown and was never seen again. The ship she boarded was known to be a particularly fast ship that had originally been commissioned by the United States during the war efforts against Britain. The ship had since been retrofitted with new paint and the guns were hidden below the deck. But remember that by 1812, the states were involved in a second war with Great Britain. A trip from South Carolina to New York by ship typically took about five or six days. When Theodosia still hadn't shown up after two weeks, her husband and father started freaking out. We know that her husband was particularly devastated by her disappearance. He would spend hours just sitting in Theodosia's room over the course of the next three years, mourning the loss before he had a seizure and died. Her father, Aaron Burr, likewise was devastated by the loss of his most beloved Theodosia, the light of his life. So what happened to the Patriot and its passengers? Well, here come the rumors. One of the most prolific was that the Patriot had been captured by pirates, which was a very likely theory. In Nags Head, North Carolina, there were wreckers known as the Carolina Bankers that were known for wrecking ships and then killing the passengers and crew. Another theory is that some of the early Americans came in contact with a man from the Karenkawa tribe that was seen wearing a golden locket with the name Theodosia transcribed on it. When asked about it, the man said that he had found a ship wrecked near the San Bernard River with a young woman chained to it by her ankle. He rescued her and she gave him her locket before dying in his arms. Really romantic tale there. Another story came out in a New York Advertiser article dated June 23, 1820, in which two men claimed that they had been on board the Patriot during that fateful trip and that they had overtaken it a few days into the trip, stealing valuables, murdering the passengers and crew, and then sinking the ship. Much of their story was contradictory though, all the way from what the weather had been like that day to the city from which the ship actually departed from. Interestingly, they were not the only men to come forward with false confessions. One man claimed he too was on board the Patriot and had personally ordered Theodosia to walk the plank. But again, there were a number of contradictions and discrepancies in his tale. Another theory that I find particularly fascinating just because it connects us to another really fascinating story in history is that of the female stranger. Today, you can visit at the St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Alexandria, Virginia, the grave of a woman identified simply on her tombstone as a female stranger. Historians and armchair detectives have long attempted to determine the true identity of this female stranger, some of whom claim it must be dear Theodosia herself, but the dates on the tombstone do not align with those of Theodosia Burr Alston. The most fascinating story of all, though, occurred in 1869 when Dr. William Poole was treating an elderly woman inside her home in Nags Head, North Carolina. While there, he spotted an expensive-looking oil painting. Poole was so interested in this painting that his patient sold it to him, telling him the origin story that her first husband had found it during the War of 1812 on a wrecked ship. 
Poole was convinced that this portrait was of Theodosia Burr Alston and even contacted her family members to confirm the identity. The only family still living that had ever actually seen Theodosia in person, though, was her sister-in-law, who stated that she did not believe the woman in the portrait was Theodosia. We will post a picture of this portrait to our Instagram alongside a known portrait of Theodosia so that you guys can check it out and let us know what you think. And finally, the most unromantic and therefore also most practical possibility, the Patriot was wrecked in a storm off the Carolina coast. In logbooks kept by a British fleet, we know that there was an intense storm along the Carolina coast from January 2nd to 3rd of 1813. This is just two days after Theodosia boarded the Patriot, which took her along this very route. Regardless of what happened, Theodosia's disappearance was felt deeply by those that loved her most. One of many things that Hamilton the Musical did right was Aaron Burr's deep affection, adoration, and love for his beautiful and smart Theodosia. In the wake of her disappearance, stories about what could possibly have happened to her was the talk of the town for many years to come. And who knows, maybe with the current fascination of the Hamilton musical, we could make Theodosia Burr-Alston's story relevant once more. Thank you all so much again for listening to this episode of Hasty History. Like I mentioned at the beginning, we encourage you to check out some of our full-length episodes of Hashtag History, which we drop weekly. If you have suggestions for more Hasty History topics, please send them our way at hashtag history1865 at gmail.com or on our website at hashtag history-pod.com. We want to tailor these hasty history episodes to you. So be sure to drop us a line on any topic that you love or that you want to learn more about. Make sure also to follow us on Instagram at hashtag history underscore podcast, where we post lots of cool stuff. We do uh, like behind the scenes recordings there. We post about our drink recipes and lots of other stuff. You can also check out our website. Like I mentioned before, it's hashtag history-pod.com for all of the sources used to put together this episode. Thank you all so much again. Stay safe out there and we'll catch you next time.